This is Boxes and Briefs, a podcast with real-life business stories. But we will be asking the hard questions and challenging traditions. So broaden your thinking with fresh perspectives and solve problems for business success. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Boxes and Briefs. My name is Lisa. I'm Tori. And today we have with us Sophie from Sophie K Coaching. Hi Sophie. Hi, nice to be here. Hello. Hey, um, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself? So my name is Sophie and I'm a life and vitality coach. And essentially what I do is I help busy people find more time for the things that really bring them joy and the things that are actually important to them in their lives. Uh, I've been running this business for about three and a half years now and I have to say it's it really is my calling. <laughs> it is such a beautiful space to, to work in and it is such uh, well-needed work. Yeah. There are so many of us out there who are struggling and actually living life just by the numbers or by what we think we should be doing mm. and so many of us that actually want more and so I help people to get that more and to find out what that actually looks like. How did you figure out that was your why? Well, I was one of those people once. (laughs) I have lived experience. Uh, I worked in corporate uh, for seven years as a mum, ran a part-time business at the time as well, and just realised I was running on the treadmill of my life, um, just busy from morning till night, uh, never really stopping, probably not even for eating. And um, when I separated from the father of my kids, it's when that shake-up happened, I actually realised what am I doing? Mm. I, I asked myself, what am I doing? Why am I here? Why am I doing this career? Why am I working in this job? Why am I getting up every day? And I yeah. realized that this is not how I wanted life to be. So I saw the shakeup in my life as an opportunity to really look at that again. What makes me happy? What does an extraordinary life actually look like to me? Um, and it was through that personal journey yeah. that I also obviously looked at my career and then there was also the reality of being a single mom and finances, you know. Now all of a sudden I'm doing as one person what we did with two people beforehand. So uh, that's when I really started to look at my career and uh, think about what I actually wanted to do, what lights me up. And I realised my life is full of people. I love people. I love hearing people's stories. And that's what I find so incredibly humbling about this job is that I get to hear people's stories. I get to mm. hear what makes them tick, how they got to the place where they are, why they believe what they believe, why they do what they do every yeah. day and what really lights them up. And it's fascinating. I tell you, I tell you, ladies, it's amazing. You learn so much Pe- from it. Eh? People are yeah. incredible. It's just the stories they've got to tell. It's, it's, it really is absolutely inspiring for me. But it's also very humbling to know that I get to help them, um, and I get to help them to have a greater quality of life. Yeah, nice. Mm, love <laughs> well, that. today we're talking about <laughs> personal goals <laughs> to get that quality of life. Um, you know, in this podcast series, we've talked about business goals, we'll be talking about financial goals, but personal goals is obviously about the person. Yes. And that person will affect all of the other goals at the same time. But when it comes to personal goals, we want to hear some stories. You obviously help people set their goals. Yes. What have you got? (laughs) What's the, what goals have my clients got? Well, it really depends it really depends um so I have I have clients who want to uh build huge businesses I have clients that that want to uh, you know start families I have clients that actually they want it all they want the house they want the car they want the career they want the family they want the holidays they want to have everything and um you know 
what's interesting to see is that a lot of them actually have shame around that. Yeah. Shame around the fact that they want it all because we live in a world where, um, you know, we've come to accept that it's either or. Well, I might be rich or I'll be happy or I'll be healthy or I'll have my cheeseburger. Or, I, you know, we live in a world of either or, whereas that's actually not true. It's yeah. totally possible to have yeah. everything. Um, and it's really just about how do we build this everything in a way that really works for us personally and works for our families. Um, so I think uh, this is something that I, I speak quite, quite a lot about because I really think it's an old paradigm. It's yeah. either or. Um, and uh, our world has changed yeah. so much yeah. that actually we can have all the things that we desire. We just have to give ourselves permission to actually go for that. Yeah, yeah on that, you know happiness versus money thing there was some quote that I saw about I'd rather cry in my Ferrari like mm. you can have it all absolutely but you're still going to have issues no matter which one well I think we all have challenges in life right and I and this is where we've got to be really conscious of what our language is around the stuff right? we call them problems and issues uh-huh. they're not they're not they're not really problems unless you view, view them as problems. They're challenges, and we all have them. And challenges come in, in any size, right? Big, small, mm. medium, very large sometimes. But I believe that, and I think this is what gives us incredible resilience and also an incredible joy in life when we start to see these challenges as opportunities. Right? Yeah, just changing your perspective on it all. Eh? Of course, sometimes things don't feel good right and if you're presented with a with a challenge that's that's really hard for you where you literally just want to break down and cry that's tough that's really tough and it's important to let ourselves feel that and and allow ourselves to be in that messy space um but we also get to make the decision that right I'm actually going to use this opportunity as an opportunity to learn something to do something different to expand myself in one way or the other and to actually use this as a positive thing in my life Mm. rather than something that's going to break me down or hold me back so it's really about the mindset around that Mm. and what we choose to believe because we actually have a choice but we've got to know we have that choice yeah you've got to pick it up when it happens and be aware of it and sort of turn it into a habit which then of course takes lots of practice and (laughs) (laughs) I want to stop on the language thing yeah like if you call it a problem it is a problem what other examples of bad language can you have in your own mind? I think we mentioned it before, the should. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. should's a really big one. So, um, and I remember I remember sitting, actually, I, I did some counselling a few years ago uh, on my own because I realised that my own personal self-image was was pretty pretty low. It was quite self-deprecating, really, and very mm. critical of myself, mm. which when you meet me now, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that. Not at all. Um, but I remember sitting in, in my counsellor's um, office and, and, and talking to her about it, and she said, you know, Sophie, I noticed that you say a lot I should be doing this or I should feel that way or shouldn't feel that way or I should think this way and she said I want to I want you to try something I want you to try and exchange the word should with the word could and here is why and she explained to me that should implies that there is a rule that you need to adhere to and that there is something that you are not meeting or there's an expectation that you're not meeting. So there's pressure behind it. Whereas if you use the word could, it implies possibilities. Right? I could mm. be doing something, mm. but I don't necessarily have to. Yeah. If I choose to do it, then I can do that. Whereas the word should implies I really should be doing this. Right? I really should, you know, shouldn't be eating this piece of cake. Uh, I really should be going for a walk. It implies that we're doing something wrong. 
And subconsciously, that actually doesn't make us feel good about ourselves. And when we don't feel good about ourselves, we're not going to go for the things that we want to go for. We're not going to take the action that we need to take to get that big audacious goal. Mm. Um, And and really the way we feel about ourselves is, is is the absolute key to everything and how we approach life. So it's, it's such an important thing to, to think about and to notice the language that we use around ourselves. So I have quite a lot of clients that, you know, they'll, they'll say about themselves that they're not doing enough or that there's something wrong with them or that, um, you know, they've, they, they're just not achieving or they're not as good as another person mm. or, you know, it's, it's a comparison thing that comes in. And when we are constantly talking to ourselves like that, yeah. we start believing it. Yeah, totally. I and am so guilty of having gone through that. We all are. <laughs> and so, yeah. f- like, with that, do you have any tips that you sort of um, help your clients with that? So, like, little um, methods or, you know, kind of things. Yeah. Exercises to get them to, you know, recognise that they're thinking negatively and turn that around? Definitely. So, the one thing that I... S- speak to um uh, or speak about with every client is this this idea of awareness creating awareness of how we actually speak to ourselves because we're so busy in our everyday lives mm. that we go from this place to that place we do this and we do that and we are busy ticking off our tasks list, that we're not actually conscious about what it is that we're doing in this very moment how are we doing it so the first step to everything to any change or any transformation is always awareness becoming aware of the kind of language that we're using becoming aware of the kind of habits that we have coming becoming mm. aware of uh, the kind of conversations we have with other people the kind of relationships we have with other people and the relationship we have with ourselves so that's the key thing to Mm. to to it all when it comes to starting off our journey is bringing awareness to how we're actually operating in life Um, and we can do that anytime anywhere it's just making the conscious choice that actually I'm going to start paying attention um, towards the language that I use, yeah. you know, when I when I describe myself, whether that's in conversation with other people, whether that's in my work, whether that's in my personal life, and even the thoughts that I have about myself. Once we have this awareness, we can then uh, think about, okay, well, how do I actually want to talk about myself? Mm. Because if I say want to um, be a woman that, that runs a multi-million dollar business, is she going to tell herself that she isn't good enough? Well, probably not, (laughs) because if she wants to build this million dollar business, she's going to have to believe in Mm. herself, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, um, and once you have this goal, once you have this vision of where you want to be, you can then ask yourself, was the behavior or the way of thinking or the way of being that I'm currently operating in, is this actually aligned with where I want to go? And that's a really cool way, an easy way to to make decisions around whether we want to continue a habit or continue a way of thinking or continue a way of being um, and whether that's actually serving us. And to be honest, this is what I really love about the self-development work is that there is no right or wrong. There is no right or wrong. That's just what serves you and what doesn't serve you. Mm. And if it serves you, by all means, continue. (laughs) If it doesn't, change it because you don't have to continue this. We tend to you know literally don't really have to do anything (laughs) unless we tell ourselves that we have to yeah so Mm. the the awareness i think that has to start with you have an intention yes so if i told you how if i asked you how many red cars did you see on the way to work this morning 
you probably wouldn't have a clue. Mm-hmm. If I said that I would pay you $50 for every red car that you saw, you would then be looking for the red cars. So you That's have right. the intention, okay, I'm speaking in a negative language to myself. I'm going to try and catch myself and replace should with could. Yeah. You got the attention, you get the awareness, and then it just keeps step after step, right? Absolutely. And I love, I love actually this example of the red car because – uh, you know, when you said, "Well, I'm going to give you fifty dollars every time you see a red car," you've got you've you've got an incentive. There is because look, here's the thing about human beings: we actually either want pleasure or we're moving away from pain. So if you can create an incentive, hold for on, yourself, say that again. <laughs> yeah, well, say that again. We move towards pleasure. I heard that one. And we move away from pain. So there's one scale. When it comes to see, we us humans are so incredibly complex. But we're also very simple because essentially everything we do is driven by moving away from pain and moving towards pleasure. Everything. If you boil it down to the basics, that's what it is. And the reason I can explain to you why that is, because if we move away from pain, if we're experiencing pain, that means that, you know, there will be chaos, we'll be out of control. There is a danger to our life, to our livelihood, or to something that that we need in order to survive. It's all about survival when it comes to our body and our brain. Whereas, you know, when it comes to pleasure, when we are experiencing pleasure, when we are thriving, we can only do that when we feel safe, when we feel uh, in control, mm-hmm. when we feel that, you know, that we can thrive, that there is space for us to do that. And so... This is what happens to a lot of my clients when they come to me. They're actually in that survival mode. They're so busy moving away from pain mm-hmm. and they're trying to thrive, but they can't actually thrive because they're still so busy moving away from the pain or from the things that are really difficult for them. Would it be considered normal to bounce around a bit? Yeah, absolutely. Different areas of your life? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we when we think of transformation or change, we we think it's it's an A, a from A to B kind of thing. It's yeah. it's not. It's, it's not such a journey. It's an A to Z and you're probably going to end up at, at two B's and three C's and you know it's it's <laughs> yeah. it's it's a back and forth it's a squiggly road not a not yes. a straightforward and that's okay and it's actually it's part of it progress yes. yes it's actually part of it and it's really important to embrace that and yeah. to not make ourselves wrong for it uh, there is not a single person in this world that has you know envisioned to create a change in their life and has gone from A to B it just doesn't doesn't work that way no, um, no matter how hard we try and and mm. it's it's the it's an adventure and that's what I really I'm I'm an adventure girl so I really love looking at that way it's an adventure everything that we do and every time something else comes up or if there's a repeated pattern that keeps occurring it's it's something else to discover we get to nerd out here and go oh what's going on if you can see it as an adventure and an opportunity it's suddenly not a bad thing yeah it's a really good way I was going up the Kaimais um, (laughs) down on my way down to Tauranga and there had been a car crash unfortunately it was a fatality which meant the whole road had to be closed and everybody had to turn around and go the long way and I ran out of petrol. And I called my sister to let her know. And uh, she was like, are you okay? Shall I come and get you? And I'm like, no, no, I'm going on an adventure. <laughs> yeah. no, it, it really is. And it made it so that I wasn't stressed out or freaked out or I was literally enjoying my journey. Yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. laughing at it and going, huh, that's huh. interesting. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think if we can approach everything in life that way, yeah. life becomes so much easier. Yeah. You yeah. know, often we're our own worst enemies and it's not like we're doing it on purpose. Because a lot of this stuff is very subconscious. As I said, how many of us are going through our everyday life thinking yeah, exactly about in. what we're doing, why we're doing and how we're doing it. We're just usually just doing it because that's how we've always done it. Yep. Yeah. 
Well, then when you're sitting down to assess your personal goals and you want to have it all, how on earth do you prioritise your different goals? This is a really interesting question and I've, I've been thinking about that. So when it comes to setting personal goals, what I really like to do when I start off working with my clients is we do what, what is called the Wheel of Life exercise. I call <gasps> it the Wheel of Joy because... I'm, I'm a fan. Yes. yes. And so it's a great exercise. And just for, for all the listeners, um, if you don't know what that is, the Wheel of Life exercise is a very holistic exercise that allows you to essentially rate and make sense of each area of your life and how fulfilled you are in each of those. I go a step further because I always ask my clients to then tell me, well, what are the three um, words that they associate with this area mm-hmm. currently? So mm-hmm. say if they're looking at the areas of finances and they they have rated themselves maybe to be a five or a six what are the three words that they associate with it in this moment in time and that gives us a really good clue as to what they are struggling with Mm. now and I think when you've done this assessment and I think it's something that we should actually be doing or we could be doing regularly um, because it gives us a really good idea of where we are holistically in our life We often notice that, you know, there's an area of life we would like to improve, but what we often don't see is that there's probably multiple areas that need some attention. And through this this wheel of joy, this wheel of life exercise, we actually get to see what those areas are. It's, it's been really cool because um, uh, I've had a client last year who, when he when he started working with me, his wheel was very sort of choppy and cha- uh, changey. So every spoke of the of the wheel was, you know, one was eight and one was three and another <laughs> one was four. And, yep. and if you then imagine that every spoke of those wheels is so different, if you were to have that as your wheel on, on your car... It'd be pretty bumpy, right? Wouldn't right? be comfortable. No. no. And so I give my clients, and I got him to do that as well, I then get them to do the Wheel of Joy again at the end of the program. And one thing we could see is that all uh, the areas of his life um, had had improved. And he was now consistently around an eight or a nine for every single one of them, which is an oh, incredible yeah, improvement. We were just talking the other day about would it be possible to hit tens in every area of your life? Yes, I think oh. it absolutely is possible. But what will happen is that the ten becomes an eight because then you realise actually there's something there's, else. There's room for more. Yeah. 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 Oh, I like and it's, it. Because <laughs> we were like, I was like, yeah, I reckon. But then I was like, actually, no, I'm such a harsh scorer every time we do that. I'm like, no, this just got to always score lower than what it actually is mm. which I don't know what's up with that but <laughs> well I know like, someone well, could help yeah, yeah. <laughs> coming for a conversation um but yeah in terms of having it all I think there's a few things we got to think about firstly we got to also look at where we are in in the period of our life right I'm, I'm a mum of, of two girls they're eight and eight and almost 12 so there are certain priorities that I have right now that if I you know my kids were older I didn't have them so Mm -hmm. for example my girls are only going to be young once so I really want to spend a lot of time with them not that I don't want to do that when they're older um, but they they require a lot more attention Mm -hmm. so when I think about what I prioritize in my life um, that's a value of mine to prioritize them within my plans right and so this is where your your values come in and, and what you value the most in mm. your life at this moment in time because yeah. it can change 
over time. But at the moment, um, so f- to give you an example, my my um, highest um, highest values is freedom, which is why I'm a business owner because I can work and do whatever <laughs> I want, when I want it, how I want it, and so on. But then it's also connections, my people, my family. And so I know that whatever decision I make, I'm aware of that and I can always go, okay, is this my priority right now? So when it comes to having it all, um, sometimes we can't have everything at the same time mm. or it's, it's just not at the moment. That's not where the priority lies, right? But it's about looking what is important in this moment in time. What is it that I need to focus on? So for example, if your finances aren't great, but your well-being is even worse. You know, you might want to focus on your well-being first because that's going to so influence you can your work on your finances. That's right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. and for me, it's it's that you got this. There's sort of certain things you have to figure out for yourself that take priority over other things and um yeah stagger it that way but again it's there's no right or wrong in this there's just really what works for you and what doesn't work for you and just remembering that the circumstances and where you are at this moment in time in your life isn't always going to be like this yeah in five years and ten years time things will be different or even in a year's time things will will change and so um and that's that's the only constant in life really (laughs) we just change and so let's just embrace that and keep checking in with ourselves so um this is a conversation i have with every client and i always say to them you will not do one of my programs and be fixed forever like this is a long-term commitment to yourself. I'm teaching you tools and ways of looking at things that you will then take forward into your life. But it is your responsibility to keep building on this because we're building the foundations now. Mm. But if you really want to have this this great quality of life and continue to have this great quality of life, you've got to continue to do the maintenance work. It's just like a house. You can't just stop maintaining it after you've you know fixed it up once because mm. it needs love and care and so do we yeah. on a regular basis basis and really making us the priority i love that (laughs) you have to check out the article about the wheel of goals coming out very soon if it's not out already um in the gilligan shepherd newsletter cool um how do you come obstacles to your goals you set a goal something's getting in the way do you just forget about the goal Mm, sometimes um but the the forgetting about it will come from an old program so what do you mean by that Programs are essentially the habits and ways of being we've created um, in the earlier years of our lives. So science um, has discovered that when we are about four or five, they say that a majority of our habits and, and ways of being have been set right that early in our lives right (laughs) which is pretty crazy to think right so the the base the base for how we operate in life gets set that early so what what tends to happen when we set a goal and we stop working towards it right this happens to so many of us when we Mm. we set ourselves a new year's resolution and we go okay um you know i want to you lose five five kilos or whatever it is and then we're really good at it in the beginning right we we go to the gym and we stick to it for the first four weeks and then all of a sudden something comes up and it's like oh I won't go today and then you might go again the next day and then something else comes up and then on the third day you're I'll I'll go tomorrow and you come up with all these excuses right as to why you can't continue and there is multiple reasons for it so there's this programming because you've essentially spent whatever 30, 40 years building these habits 
that weren't serving you and now you're trying to change those habits. So it's natural (laughs) that you're going to fall back or what I like to call you're going to fall off the bandwagon for a bit. That is really normal and it's part of the process. What defines us in that moment is whether we choose to jump back on the bandwagon or not or whether Mm. we're going to continue to make excuses for ourselves as to why we can't. Mm. Now, the other thing to explore is also what was the reason that you set this goal in the first place? Mm. Are you setting this goal because you think that's what you should be doing? Should. There we go. There's that should again. (laughs) Stop (laughs) shutting yourself, guys. (laughs) Or have you set this goal because that's what you actually want, because that lights you up, because it's in line with your values and what's really important to you. Mm. Um, so that it's, it's really important to look at that and to get really clear on why we even set these goals. I guess um, if you were going to keep, say, you've, you know, you've gone back and you failed that goal, if you keep picking it up again and again and again, yeah. then you probably realise actually this does matter to me, you know? Yeah. 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 And look, there's the nature of changes. And, and I read this in the book, The 5am Club, which I can really uh, recommend because it's one of the only self-development books that I've read that is actually um, based on it's in a story. So they're teaching you all the self-development stuff through a story, which I really love. I love stories, obviously. That's why I, I work with people. Um, but I love the way the writer and the author put the process of change. So when we when we set a goal... The first sort of third of that process of changing our habit or moving towards that goal is we're really motivated and we think, yeah, I got this and we're really pumped. And then we start working towards it. And yeah, it might feel hard, but because we have that motivation behind us, we just keep going. And then comes the second stage. And this is where most of the people fall off the bandwagon. The second stage is the messy stage. It's where motivation's gone. It's where your old programming starts to pop back up my mm-hmm. call cool, I might just Netflix on the couch tonight instead of actually going to the gym which is what I'd set out to do and we come up with excuses because our brain goes by the path of least resistance right and if we have old programs old ways of doing things that's that that path is is one that we already know we can go down because we've gone down it so many times so we'll always choose that subconsciously over the hard bit again because we're moving away from pain right we want to go towards pleasure and the path of least resistance is Mm -hmm. pleasure because you know we've done it in the past and it's given us pleasure then um and so this this middle stage is usually where people struggle because that's when it gets messy that's where coaches come in that's where friends come in that's where you know really reminding yourself of why you are creating this change why yeah. you are setting this goal mm, and kind of, why it's either it's accountability or it's support yeah one or the other well ideally all yeah <laughs> ideally you want to have it all somehow because um i i really think we we need to set up this this network or this these these i suppose scaffolds for ourselves when we do fall off the bandwagon mm. and um once we get through that messy stage that's when things will get easier afterwards because yeah. it becomes a new habit yep and we got we want to habitualize everything we do in our life right we've able to habitualize Netflixing and eating crappy food and you know all of those are habits 
we can change those habits and replace them with better habits. But it, again, you go through this process of change. Mm. Um, but it's so these these three stages that we that we go through. And one thing that always um, helps me when I fall off the bandwagon, because I don't know about you ladies, but so many of us, I think, go into this self-loathing. Oh, like I did it again. I can never get it right. You know, we yeah. start to really beat I ourselves up. this morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then this one's for you, Tori. This one's for you. Snooze. <laughs> The, um, the only way how to lock in failure, in quotation marks, is mm. by stop trying. That's the only yeah. way. You only fail if you don't try again. That's right. Because, again, if you believe that this is possible for you, if you believe whatever you've set out to do is possible for you, it's going to happen. It yeah. is going to happen sooner yeah. or later, but how dedicated are you? And this is where the why comes in. How important is it yeah. Yeah. for you for this to occur? So how dedicated are you to keep the course even when it gets tough? Yeah. Are yeah. you ready to make it your top priority? Let's talk about the driver of that, though. When you mm. get to the why, there's obviously going to be head reasons. Yeah. But the heart has a lot to play in it. Yes. Yes. It does. I think your why is always heart-driven. Um our head's so logical and you know um and and we live in a world where everything's been set up in a sometimes very on actually non-logical way but you know we 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 make sense of things and um i think modern society has been very much built on the mind driven by the mind but when we set our why or when we discover more discover our why because Mm -hmm. our why has always been there it's just that we weren't conscious of what it Mm -hmm. really is when we discover that why and we really connect to it through emotion our mind is going to start following our heart yeah and when our about three seconds Yes, oh, six seconds. So six. there's actually been studies, and this is fascinating, guys. Like, this is, this is amazing because um, our ancestors knew all of this, right? Like, they, they knew not consciously, but they just, they just subconsciously did all of this. Um, yeah. And so um, our, our heart, they did some studies around that where they essentially showed people images um, on, the, on the TV and what they, and then they would change it regularly and what they notice and then they would you know measure their heart function they measure their brain function what they discovered Mm. the heart knew six seconds before they were going to change the the channel the heart knew six seconds before the brain had even just recognized that the change had happened so the heart intuitively Mm. knew a change was coming before the change even happened because is it like the desire is the heart and the head is like should i do it or not um yeah, I suppose so. Um, right. Yeah, I suppose so. I think um, our our heart, and that is where our intuition comes from. Um, I think it's 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 actually our greatest tool. And when our why is is about connecting to that desire, it's just unfortunately we live in a world where a lot of us have been told to not want certain things. Right? Like mm. when we're a kid, you you want a cookie, or did you desire a cookie? You know, you might be told, no, you can't have that now because of x y and z Mm. or um you know you shouldn't want that or it's it's unhealthy or like i'm totally guilty of that as a parent right (laughs) but um one thing i try to teach my children is is that it's okay to want things it's okay to have desires for it and then why do we desire that but really connecting to the emotion around 
what it is that we're setting. So if we're yeah. setting a personal goal, what's the emotion? Like, how are you going to feel yeah. when you have achieved this goal? Yeah. And what are the, you know, what's what's your experience going to be? And to tap into that regularly because it's going to naturally draw you towards achieving that goal. Yeah, if you yeah. focus on the feeling that you're going to feel once you've got there. Yeah, yeah. I like what you said before, yeah. Tori, as well, about how... Um, the six second heart thing your heart mm. goes oh that would be awesome and then your brain goes oh but what if this and what if that and yeah. that's where all the doubt comes in right yes absolutely yeah. well the brain is designed to keep us safe it's 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 designed to judge analyze and essentially just keep us safe and make sense of our environment right because yeah. that's and and this is a conversation i've had with a lot of clients recently because it's so current right if we think back at our ancestors hundreds of years ago one thing they were trying to they were trying to physically survive because it was about you know when the tiger jumps out in the jungle you've got to run away you've got to get enough food on the table you know you've got to find shelter all of those things but now physical survival isn't our top priority anymore because most of us unless you live in poverty of course and there's still countries where that is obviously and, and even here in New Zealand where that's the case but the majority of us in the Western world have food on our table, have a roof over our head, and so we're physically taken care of. Mm. And so now what starts to happen is that it's the secondary needs that start to become priority, mm-hmm. right, which is financial safety. I suppose that is also connected to, you know, getting food on the table and those kind of things. But uh, there's other things that now become priority, which is our mental health, which is how we feel about things. And when our ancestors, um, you know, lived that wasn't priority like mm. how your mental state was was not your priority because <laughs> yeah. you needed to you needed about. to you needed to survive yeah. physically yeah. yeah now it's like first world problems yeah yeah <laughs> so <laughs> totally <laughs> but they 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 really are but yeah. it's it's um and and what's interesting is that our biology hasn't changed yeah. so our biology our nervous system the way our, our body operates is still the same way as it did three four thousand three four hundred years ago thousands mm. of years mm. ago it's still the same thing yeah. but our world's changed so much like now we get our nervous system and our stress mode gets activated by emails and conversations and traffic and not having the right product in the supermarket because we thought we were going to you know cook this for our dinner party for our friends or whatever whatever it is that stresses yeah whatever it is that stresses you out um so it's 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 a really it's a really interesting one and um I think um, it's it's a conversation that I really like to have because it helps my clients see that actually they're just really dealing with with kind of primal things in their body, yeah, yeah. but the world is so different. Yeah. Um, and how do we marry that in a way where we actually are working with our biology and working with uh, how we are as humans, yeah. our nature? Well, that brings me to like what it's possible to set goals that are harmful to yourself. Yes, and obviously hopefully that would be without realizing it um an example would be like trying to lose weight to a ridiculous amount that's not healthy Mm. so how do you know whether your goals are harmful or not well i think um the questions we have to ask ourselves is is why did i set this goal Mm -hmm. did i so for example the say if someone wants to go down to a size eight whatever it is in new zealand new zealand sizes a size eight why do they want to be that size? Do they want to be that size because that's what they saw the model in the they magazine? Feel like they should. 
I feel like they should. should. Mm, yeah. yeah, and it, it comes back to that mm. should, right? It comes back yeah. to what's the space that we're setting this goal from? Are we setting it from a space of this is how I should look and then if I, you know, if I have this dress size then I can wear these ridiculous clothes yeah. and I can do this and I can do that. And but I'll be happy. But yeah, yeah. most of the time they they won't be at the end. like if it's if they're going off the should thing, you, yeah. you know. Well, well it's it's just a dangling carrot, yeah. right? So hypothetically say that person does get to the size eight. They'll get to size eight and they'll realise they're still not feeling happy yeah. with themselves. Yeah. And then a lot of people because this does happen quite regularly and people go, But I've got it now and I still don't feel happy. Yeah. So they set themselves another goal to lose more. To lose like, lose more or toxic, to eh? to I don't know, do whatever they whatever they, they feel they need to do next in order to feel better. Mm. And the reason for that is that they didn't actually resolve the psychological stuff underneath like why yeah. does this woman feel like she needs to be a size eight yeah right when she's oh. probably already extremely beautiful at size 12 14 and 16 yeah um so what are we what are we measuring ourselves against and why why are we setting this goal are we setting this goal because it lights us up or are we setting this goal because we think that's yeah. what we need to do and so when we set goals i think it's really important that we ask ourselves that question and we're really aware of why we're actually setting that um uh yeah so in that sense goals can i suppose become harmful um because look in the end um here's this thing your well-being and your health is always priority if you are not well and if you are not healthy you cannot enjoy no matter how many riches or boats or cars or relationships or whatever you have none of that matters Mm -hmm. if you are not healthy and well enough to enjoy any of that so it has to be our priority and what what you know we need to do for our well-being really differs from person to person so for me for example I'm a social person healthy relationships is part of I I need this to be to be well right or Mm. to have really connected relationships really important to me but what's also important to me is have alone time what's important to me to be able to journal to be able to meditate to be able to do yoga and uh, you know, out in nature, like I had those, those mm. are well-being bringers for me. It does seem to be a lesson that we keep learning. Yeah, that you don't appreciate your health until it's gone. Yeah, or you don't have it as much as you thought you did, and you don't even think about it when you've got mm. it. So, hopefully, That's everybody right. can take note yes. and learn it before they have to experience it. Um, all right, on personal goals, I'd like to know your absolute gold nugget. What is your best advice around personal goals? My best advice around personal goals is that you um, don't wait. Don't wait to set those goals. Don't wait to go for the things that light you up. Don't wait to start that business. Don't wait to start looking after your health. Don't wait to start to create those beautiful relationships you want to have. Don't wait for those things because life is short. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's long, but it's short at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And what happens so often is that we go, oh, I'll, I'll do it next year, right? And I'll give you an example because um, I went through this as well um, uh, when, I, when I retrained as a coach. And I actually didn't even retrain as a coach with the real intention of starting a business. I just felt drawn to the work and it was more of a personal interest that I had. Mm. And I got through the course and I thought, this is amazing. I can't believe how powerful this is and how it can change people's lives and just how much I dig this work. 
And, um, you know, I remember um, coming back from Australia from my course in a, four days before the borders closed. So phew, just just <laughs> got in there. Um, but two weeks later, lockdown hit. And my girls were away at their dad's for a week and I had real time to think. And I thought, cool, I, I actually think I want to start a business. This makes sense. I'm drawn to this. I love this work. Financially, it makes sense. It gives me all the, all the flexibility that I want for my children. But then my head came in and I thought, oh, you know, I'll do it next year. I'll just, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll just, I'll wait. I'll wait for another nine months or something. <laughs> and because it was lockdown mm. and, you know, yes, I could talk to people obviously online, but there was nowhere else to go with my thoughts. And what also came in was my intuition going, why are you waiting? Like, what's the purpose of this waiting? And I thought, oh, I don't actually know. And what I realized is that the reason I wanted to wait was actually because I was afraid I was yeah. fearful there yeah. was yeah. fear there like yeah. what if it fails what if I'm not good enough you all know like all stuff. of that stuff yeah. right and so what I did is without thinking about it too much I was like screw it I'm just gonna do it and three months later I launched my business and I am so happy mm. that I did it was the best thing I ever did for myself <laughs> one of the best things I ever did <laughs> for myself um and also obviously for my clients because I now get to share yeah. this beautiful work and create such an I impact like in the world screw it do it yeah, because <laughs> of course, if you don't, then it's it's a not a failure; it's a lesson, and you figure yeah. out another strategy on how to still get there. That's yeah, right. You'll yeah, no, if you don't actually just do it. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. you'll come up with a million reasons as to why you can't, or why you shouldn't, or why you might have to wait, or you know what's in the way. There's always something in the way, yeah. and it's kind of like when you have kids; it's never the right time. <laughs> just just do it. <laughs> yeah, just do it. Yeah. Except you can't go back on that. Yeah. No, no. Watch that one. <laughs> Do it, awesome. have children. <laughs> Thank you, Sophie. Really appreciate your time with us today. And um, if our listeners want to ask Sophie any questions, they can find her on her website mm. or through her LinkedIn and Facebook, which we'll put in the show notes. So thanks again for your time, Sophie. Thank you so much for having me. It's a lovely conversation and it's just such a joy to be around you two, ladies. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. Boxes and Briefs is proudly brought to you by Gilligan Shepherd, the problem solvers in business. <laughs>